podcast for the entrepreneurial, mindful and creative leader. I'm Jim Antonopoulos. I'm Damien Carolla. We're broadcasting from the beautiful George's Building in Collins Street, Melbourne. And this is Fearless. Hi, Jim. How Hi. are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, really well. How's, um, how, how's your past week been? The past week. Wow. Um, the past week, I have been um, father to three remarkable children. My wife has been overseas for the last week and a half, 10 to 12 days. She's been in Japan, um, which has meant I've had to play the role of um, everyone, <laughs> organiser, <laughs> I guess, of, of the entire household. I, I realised how, um, how much we partner and split everything down the middle with my wife but with her absent um you know managing a household of three children in the last little while has been what, what's that been like you know what it's been outstanding oh I've really had, i've had the most amazing most meaningful conversations with my children i've been present with them i've seen parts of their lives i normally won't wouldn't see because um um, I do some drop-offs in the morning, but I don't necessarily do a lot of pickups. So seeing that aspect of their lives has been an absolute gift. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next holiday my wife has. So I can oh, do more great. Of that. How good is that? <laughs> so my last two weeks has been – that's really defined the last couple of weeks for me. Um, and work's been work. You know, um, we're really ramping up at the moment, um, doing a lot of really interesting uh, sort of transformational um, jobs, which um, we might talk about transformation um, in a couple of mo- in a couple of weeks um, in an episode, but um, and might dig into some of the work that we've been doing. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting the last couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Okay. And yourself? Uh, yeah, last last few weeks have uh, been a little bit intense, so I'm just kind of learning some stuff around um, just how to manage the week a little bit better and sort of make sure you're on top of diet, sleep, and sleep yeah, hygiene and Things like that, but no, it's been it's been pretty good. Yeah, amazing. I'm a bit of a time management nerd, so if you need help around that, I absolutely love that stuff. I need your help. <laughs> I I absolutely need to get some discipline around managing my diary and just really, really sort of robust discipline around yeah. that because if you if you're not on top of that stuff, it, it really can, uh, you know, come and get you. Yeah, I live in calendar and productivity tool. No, I have one productivity tool, and I live in it. Um, it's um, I'm all over that. I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek out your <laughs> advice. So um, so what are we talking about today? Today um, we're talking about perfectionism. Um, I, as you know, I write a weekly article for Creative Industry about creative leadership. Um, many 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 months ago, almost a couple of years ago, I wrote an article around perfectionism. That is probably one of the most popular articles on my um, blog and that's been a real streak um, running through a lot of the replies I get from my blog. Um, Last year we did um, a report, a study of um, around, I think it was about 500 people, mental mental health in creative industries and the, 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 the perception of being perfect, the um, the stress that, that perfectionism creates really uh, arose and um, sat very high in that report um, was very present. So today we're talking about perfectionism. It's a great topic. Uh, I mean, it's. I remember that report that you did do and even anecdotally we see it come up so many times uh, within organisational 
settings uh, within a lot of ventures that we work with. Uh, and I guess, you know, I've often had to battle those um, syndromes growing up. And, and if you're not aware, you'll get caught out on the old perfectionist mm. syndrome that will come across and get in the way of, of doing really good work. I agree. And that's a good place to start. I think I always believe to start with um, myself rather than to go and point at other things for people to look at. Um, I think that's a more authentic and more meaningful place to start. So uh, where have you experienced um, that real angst and stress of p- being, being, being right, being perfect um, in your career? I, you know, I'll probably go back and I remember back at university when um, I used to really enjoy public speaking for about three or four years and I got to a post-grade level at uni and I had to go up, get up and deliver a talk as un, like a commerce subject. I, I can't exactly remember the details and I felt a high level of anxiety and I remember feeling quite um, embarrassed, um, having a bit of panic around delivering this topic and I'm wondering, well, why is that happening? Because I've been able to deliver these presentations quite seamlessly for some time and I started getting into this syndrome around I must get this presentation perfect and it must be right. And when we uh, set such high standards for ourselves that are pretty much unattainable, then they re- they can actually lead to some really bad outcomes. And they uh, for, for me at the time, I remember it causing a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, um, a lot of sleeplessness because I figured, well, I'm in a course which probably requires a lot of presentation, um, group work and presentation work and all I could think about is I don't want to get up and talk in front of people because I'm going to stuff it up and if I don't, if I'm not thoroughly competent at delivering this in a really accurate way, well, you know what, I'm a loser. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Were you worried about what other people think? Always. Yeah. At that time? Being judged, mm. um, being harshly criticised, um, yeah, and just not getting the approval of others. And that's really at the heart of perfectionism. That's mm. the syndrome that a lot of people struggle with. Um, and that's why we see it so, it's why it's so prevalent amongst um, actually senior executive ranks as well as founders and entrepreneurs. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember battling anything similar? Um, I do. Um, I don't feel I have a. Pro- uh, I don't feel perfectionism creates stress in my life at the moment. Yep. And I'll explain why. I don't Go call that it. later. Yeah, sure. But um, I do remember moments across my career where I was comparing myself with others. I was, and that was the root of my perfectionism stress around being right or attaining a certain level. Yes. Um, or being in a certain space that I'm not there, I'm not yet, or I should be doing a certain thing. Um, that was all about comparison. And if we look at the definition that we um, we both found in separate instances, we, didn't, we both found the same one, and I'll read it. Uh, quote, in psychology, a personality trait characterised by a person striving for flawlessness and setting high performance standards accompanied by critical self-evaluations and concerns regarding others' evaluations. It's the definition of perfectionism. Mm. So it's all about our point of view and our contextual view of ourselves mirroring and and in context of what other people think. And that's a a pretty dangerous place. Uh, Yeah. It's a pretty dangerous place. And, you know, there's a... I heard a... um, I think it was a Gary Vee podcast. He kind of said there's a lot of... 
money and making people feel like crap. Mm. And so the culture tells us to compare and rate. Uh, the culture tells us that we need approval from others. Um, there's a lot of cash in that. Yeah, the hustle culture. Yeah, the hustle yeah. culture. And, mm. and that sort of... Um, I remember even the comparison game. As soon as you rate yourself against anyone, you will lose every single time because rating comes from fear. So mm. it's a fear paradigm. So it's kind of like I'm going to compare myself to that person uh, or, or that level of wealth of success or achievement. And the reason it ends up in a really bad place or a really poor place is because it's come from fear. Yeah. So it's saying that I'm not good enough unless I achieve this status or I'm perfect or thoroughly competent. And that's, wh- that's just where we, we, we really get ourselves into a lot of trouble. And to be honest, you'd, you'd almost... Um, you know, I say a lot of bullying behavior comes from that place. Mm. You know, when, when someone sets such high standards and when you don't, others don't achieve those standards, there's absolutely no level of tolerance. Therefore, uh, I'm going to uh, absolutely castigate you and I'm going to whack you for that. And that's where we see a lot of that aggression, passive aggressiveness, um, that stuff come, arise from those really poor um, belief systems. Yeah, it's really horrible, isn't it? It's almost unattainable, isn't it? It's um, it's creating a an environment for yourself where you've visioned a place, a space, a level, something, a, a look that is completely unattainable. It's aspirational, but completely unattainable, which is a dangerous place to be. Yes, yeah, and unattainable. So what? How that leads into really bad or poor mental health outcomes and and you would have you know a lot of that survey work that you did recently um, kind of plays that out so what happens is when I have such high standards well the reality is I'm actually not going to be able to achieve those standards very on a very consistent basis so when the inevitable scenario happens and I set such high standards for myself and I don't achieve those well you know what happens then I start to judge myself and I start to say, say to myself well you've really stuffed this up uh, you're probably a little bit incompetent and it's not just that you're incompetent that you're probably not very worthy mm. or deserving of esteem or respect it's toxic isn't it it's very toxic and and it's a it's a it's a really dangerous place if we're not aware that we are doing that to ourselves or to others which can often end up in bullying type of types mm. of behavior do you think the education system has a role to play in uh, putting students out into the market with hot, these high, unattainable expectations, uh, this sort of at, uh, this uh, perception that they have to attain, uh, attain a certain rank, uh, be in a certain space with by a, per- a certain period of time. Do you think the education system, the way um, it provides for the industry, has some role to play in that? I think the education system is absolute. Uh, it's endemic. Um, we don't understand that you can still have a lot of hard work focus grit and determination without a perfectionist mindset. You can still expect people to really dedicate themselves to achieving you know, a high standard or, or, or um, attention to detail or whatever you want to call that uh, without these perfectionist tendencies that set up people for failure. Yeah. And I think uh, if we're really intelligent about how we cultivate organisations and schools, we're going we're gonna to teach a much better narrative which is... Uh, actually I want you to fail, I want you to get this wrong because how are you going to correct and grow unless you learn on 
what the market's telling you or what the feedback is. And yeah. so why are we whacking people in the head about getting it wrong? It's just, it's crazy. It's fascinating, isn't it? And you and I work with a few entrepreneurs and um, we try to teach them about um, mini failures and iteration. Yes. Um, you know, taking their idea to market in small iterations and getting constant feedback. Um, whereas some of them want to just leap into into launching and leap into you know danger really, um, and what they're not what they what they are doing is they want to leap into a vision of something that they have that is ultimately perfect, which is ultimately see them sink, instead of moving into small incremental learnings through failure. Uh, small incremental and methodical ways of um, putting a product product into market, and we see that a lot. This sort of sense of I've got to launch something. I've got to build I've this. I've got to get it right. Got to get it's it right. It's got to be perfect yeah. before it, before I start. Exactly, and it's got to be absolutely shiny and yes, you know, all bells and whistles, and then it's going to be introduced to the world. It's going to be amazing, um, and that's just monumental failure, isn't it? And that's a huge sense of perfectionism. It is, Jim, and you've always reminded me around the sort of product market testing and product market fit, and if I'm willing to seek feedback from the market around what's incorrect about my idea my strategy or my venture then i can't do that if i've got this high attachment to perfectionism i've got to let that stuff go mm. and that's a, a much more intelligent way of building a, a fantastic idea into a like a you know a global product um it's probably the only way and I agree. W- when you um when you talk to people that have been in israel around some of those uh, high entrepreneur tech environments i mean they have that fail fast liquidate bankrupt we don't care we're going to loosen this up so you can keep coming back and learning and growing because ultimately it's the big picture that we're interested in not that getting this product or or launch right Mm -hmm. and you mentioned um to me earlier through the notes that we shared um atlassian and their culture can you talk to me a little bit about that yeah sort of no bullshit culture yeah, it's um, and I know you'll follow them for a while. They've probably been one of the you know biggest tech success stories to come ever come out of Australia, mm. and they've always had this sort of no bullshit culture, which is, you know, what's on your mind? Uh, tell me what you're saying, and I want you to be completely open. Everyone needs to have a voice, and you're not going to just sit there and be quiet. I need to hear from you. Mm. Now, that's the opposite of a perfectionist culture. In a perfectionist culture, you know what happens? People are too scared to talk because if I say something and I get shut down and judged for it, um, that's really bad, which means I'm a bad person and the executive or the leader is going to come down on me hard so people are too scared to make any mistakes. I had a uh, chat, and I won't name, uh, it's a well-known probably um, retail brand, um, and I was chatting to one of the um, suppliers there and I said, how are they travelling? And he said, they're, they're, um, they're slowly dying. And I said, why is that? Because he said, everyone's so scared to make a mistake that they're not willing to try anything wow i said what happens if they make a mistake he said they get landed on really badly and so um there's so many organizations playing that game and it's i think it's like what you said the other day to me it's like they're they're walking ghosts they won't survive no unless they're they're really ready to to open that up which it's a defensive move isn't it it's a it's a heavy burden to carry this sense of perfectionism around um, and a lot of us carry it a lot of people in our sphere a lot of uh, people that we work with a lot of colleagues uh, a lot of clients carry this sense of it's it's a heavy cloud isn't it 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 is a heavy cloud and what i like when you started this uh, podcast is um you've got to be prepared 
to confront those perfectionist belief systems within yourself and typically when it arises it, it comes up as dogma it's mm. like i must i should it's black and white this is how it has to be and you know what sits right behind that those irrational perfectionist tendencies which is the opposite to being highly agile highly malleable and mm. and giving yourself space to evolve and grow it's uh, uh, earning approval and in others' eyes, where you'll yeah, never really for earn approval. It. Yeah. That's a yeah, this approval the, thing, a defensive move. I'll read you something Go from for it. my friend Brene. Yes, um, perfectionism is not self-improvement. Perfection is, at its core, about trying to earn approval. Early praise for achievement and performance has become a dangerous and debilitating belief system. I am quote I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. Please perform, perfect, and prove. Unquote. It's a hustle culture. It's a sense of approval. It's um, at its core. I think I like that quote. I like that. I like that immensely because um, it is. It highlights the fact that there are there's a population out there, and most of us really that are just trying to earn approval, and we've it's been drilled into us from the moment we entered into education to the moment we got spat out into industry, that we have to be a certain way, have to perform a certain way um, and be at a certain level. And then industry, a lot of industry bodies and a lot of industry itself just perpetuates that myth and rides that wave. And a lot of people are spat out and it's not good. Do you know um, how much chronic stress that creates in, in execs? Do you know what it actually costs to carry around those layers and bricks called I need your approval and I need to be competent Um, that shit really it really leads to really poor health outcomes I I don't even want to get my head around what that would be costing society on an annual basis let alone the damage it's causing to to families institutions what does that actually take for someone to turn up within a culture and not be themselves and need to actually uh, win the approval of someone else that's a pretty big burden for people to carry around and surely Surely there's going to be a better narrative or a better way of operating and a better way to, to do really cool design and, and to innovate and, and to break through on, on you know, some really cool solutions to some big world problems. But it doesn't happen within the perfectionist culture. No, and no, I'm not no. saying that uh, people with uh, a complete obsession to achieving an outcome haven't achieved great things. Um, we're not, I'm not saying that at all. We've got a lot of people that have gone through society and, and created fantastic you know musical compositions and and realize some pretty big breakthroughs in science and maths but i guess for the most part um the type of perfectionism we're discussing is really maladaptive and and quite prevalent and harmful and and the survey that you um you had such remarkable feedback from that survey because you, you struck a chord and everyone's playing a similar game from from what i could sense mm. we're sending out another one we're going to do it annually we'll send it another one in july we're just designing the second yep. wave of that and we've had a lot of input um internationally this time um so the next one will be out in july so so i guess the other question here jim is how, how do we move beyond perfectionism into something far better for ourselves what do you what do you reckon that could possibly look like i think it's a good question and many episodes ago um, our friend Reg Crawford mentioned um, people needing to be feel safe at work. Yes. I think if we as leaders create an environment where people feel safe to voice their ideas, their concerns, uh, their opinions, 
uh, without fear of uh, retribution or uh, feel the feel without fear of feeling shame or ridiculed. Um, that's a first step to creating an environment where perfectionism doesn't exist. I also think you have to remove a lot of the triggers for perfectionism. Um, one of the things that I've done in my business is removed uh, hierarchical job titles. And a lot of people think and say, you know, I've removed job titles. Now, we do have job titles and we have job descriptions and um, performance frameworks, the whole thing, right? But we don't have hierarchical labels to our jobs, job titles. So we've removed, in, in our industry, the words junior, senior, uh, middleweight uh, are prolific. So we've removed those from uh, job titles, which removes hierarchy from people's roles. There's still a clear line of uh, accountability and responsibility. But when you have that in a safe environment, where people can speak up and feel free to voice ideas, concerns, opinions. I think they're the first, I believe, they're the first steps towards uh, removing this sort of stress of perfectionism. Then the other layer is people. you have to enable people and they have to enable themselves to do that self-work because a lot of it is personal. So, so self-work around their own behaviour, their need for approval? Their yeah. own need for approval. Yeah their own failure, yep. their own weaknesses, strengths, weaknesses, their own point of view, um, asking themselves the question of who am I surrounding myself with? Who am I, what am I scrolling through on my phone? And, and that's creating stress in my life um, and removing those triggers. Um, I, I've, um, I've removed Instagram and right. Facebook from my phone. Right. I no longer um, use those yes because I'm sick of watching uh, a lot of people in my network yes curating their life which creates stress for other people in my yeah, network right. including myself yes. because I know it's all fake yes right? <laughs> that sort of life curation that says look at my life look how it's amazing feel amazing it is look at my child running on the beach or yes. check out this amazing spread i just put on for dinner which could feed a tribe yes um for me that's all just fakery yeah it's it's, it's so i've chosen to remove those things from my view yes so i can then see beyond them and that for me those things for me those three or four things that i mentioned um play a big part in removing perfectionism um, from my life because uh, is there a fair argument to say that people are ultimately looking for approval? So I'm going to put an image yeah. of myself that probably isn't really true. So I might put an image of myself uh, in an amazing location, but I'm not going to share with you the fact that I could, haven't been able to sleep for the last four nights because I've had anxiety about a certain situation. Exactly. So I'm going to keep presenting something and you're looking at these other people going, they've got it all together. Um, that makes me feel like crap. Yes, I work with a lot of um, I work with a lot of designers in the yes. work that I do, and um, if the education the education has to answer the education industry has to answer for anything is preparing these people for the world. Yes. they've done a shit job at doing that. They have, haven't they? I've never met, I, I rarely meet a designer who has the ability to give and receive constructive feedback. Hmm. I rarely meet a designer who is able to be prolific in the generation of ideas. I met an industrial designer today, which I have enormous respect for that discipline because they're, they're specifically taught to generate prolific ideas quite early on in process. 
other areas of design as a discipline aren't necessarily taught that or able to manage the thought process about doing that in a live environment. Um, I've seen designers crumble at the thought of generating prolific ideas in a time box period or having ide- their ideas put up on the wall for discussion. Why is that? Is that it's the culture just doesn't teach them how to actually uh, cop feedback and how to hold feedback without taking it? It's a sense of perfectionism yes. that has been built into the mindset that they have to perform at a certain level, do certain types of work, be a certain way, dress a certain way, align themselves to certain places to work, etc., etc., etc. All of that came out of our uh, survey study last year and no doubt it will probably come out again. Uh, but if the education industry has anything to answer for, it's that. And I, I think that they're responsible for creating these people who just can't function in what is core business for that industry. And so by not functioning, um, I guess what you're saying is that they just don't know how to um, give and receive feedback without high judgment, high self-criticism or, or, or this sort of black and white perfectionist all or nothing environment. Exactly. So there are leaders out there who can't give constructive feedback. There are people out there who don't know how to receive it because they'll just crumble and think that they're the world's, like, coming the, the world's just coming down all, all over them. So it's a, it's a, it, I'm talking about both ends here. Yes. Yeah. It's um, it's a horrible in, endemic situation. Just in this, m- using design as a microcosm of the broader business world, um, perfectionism, the streak that exists in that industry, is horrible and quite toxic. Yeah, Jim. And you know, the I guess I'm, I'm feeling quite sad because what's it like for someone? for many people to get up every morning out of bed and to have to climb that burden within these organisational settings, you know, whether the institutions, um, banks, whatever they might be, we, we see that type of culture endemic in a lot of big advisory groups uh, where they just churn and burn through senior executives and they stick them on the scrap heap as soon as they turn 50. And a lot of the cultural undertones are driven around perfectionism, obsession, this all-or-nothing dogma culture, which are actually destroying people around that, and I just think it's a really poor way and a really dumb way to run a business. Agreed. What have you done to remove that? Um, so, we, at the beginning of this um, chat, we spoke about the th- when we were feeling the stress around perfectionism early on in our careers. What have you done through your career to just remove that? Because uh, you functioned, sorry to cut you off, sorry. but you functioned quite well. You don't strike me as a person that really thinks about what other people think, right, or worries about what other people think. So you, what are the things you've done along the way? And I, I say that knowing that you're not perfect, yes. neither am I. Sure. All right, we all, we're all human. But you have done something along the way that has removed certain parts of that, those stresses. Yeah, Jim, um, hmm, that's an interesting story. Um, I'm not sure how much time you've got, but I'm going to give you the, like, the 20-second version if I can. So I was certainly someone that had these dire needs for approval very early on in my career because I didn't actually know any other way. That's what I was taught, Mm -hmm. that in order to be successful, I needed other people to approve of my behaviour and my outcome. And I remember in my early 20s, that was creating a lot of anxiety for me. So therefore, I I sort of asked myself, and I had some good uh, counselling and mentoring, which was around, well, if you give 
you know, your sense of self-worth over to someone else, that your self-worth is determined by your achievements or your approval by others, then that's like a, an incredibly dangerous place because if they approve of your behaviour, then you're a good person. If they disapprove, then you're inherently an unworthwhile, uh, incompetent person. Now, that sounds a little bit extreme, but a lot of people will just sit in on that continuum somewhere. Yeah, so they they may not have dire needs for approval, but they have a strong need for approval. And when you're doing that, and you're giving your sense of self worth or self validation over to someone else, well, you're just giving away all of your power. You're giving away uh, all your all of your esteem and all of your acceptance. And a much better thing that I needed to work at, and now I teach this to to um, other people as often as I can, is this sense of unconditional self-regard which means that you know at the end of the day um i'm a pretty complete person uh i don't need anything outside of me to make me more of a worthwhile human being and once i start to learn and practice that then i can practice a lot of self-compassion but if i figure that i need that big house boat or car to make me um worthy of the love and attention of those people around me then you know, that's great if the market's going well, but as soon as I've got to sell sell up and, you know, maybe I'll lose a house, my business, you know, sort of is struggling, well, my sense of worth is basically com- completely connected to everything external to me. Mm. And so, and that's just a, a really, really difficult game. So it's, it's not the Instagram images, it's not those vacuous uh, images that other people like to portray in the media the culture or, or society it's just you know there's something bigger than that in terms of who we really are and who we really are is can never be identified or validated by anything we're trying to achieve externally i mean we're, we're complete human beings and starting to really practice and understand that unconditional self-regard for yourself will really play out how you treat others so that's a lot of the work that I often have to remind myself and we encourage others to do as well. Does that, does that make sense? That makes complete sense and I think it's a really great place to wrap it up. Um, it's been a really great discussion. Um, we could go on, I we, think. We certainly could, Jim. And we will. I think we've got, a, we've got a, a lot of episodes planned and this topic will come up quite a bit. So Absolutely. Mm. No, thank you. It's been really great and I think if, if anyone's out there listening and would want to get in touch with us, we're at fearless at wearetank.com.au if you want to get in touch with Damien and myself ask a question, elaborate on a topic um, or even tap into some of the things that we know or think we know um, we'd be more than welcome to swap an email with you. We'd we'd love to hear from you. Mm. Thank you. Thanks Damien. Thanks Jim.